uh, that you live in Seattle and out there in such a beautiful area. Like that's got to be so 15th, surreal. June fifteenth to October fifteenth. I'm not kidding. You. I it takes my breath away. It is so incredibly gorgeous right now. November, December, January, February, March. Not so much. Not so much. No. 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 But boy, oh boy, August on Bainbridge Island. Yeah, it, it will. It'll. You have to check your pulse and go like, whoa. I, I could only imagine, and I can't uh, see where you would get any other great understandings for life in such a mindful area to be able to rest and become. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> to, here we go. To examine the mind, right? But here this is uh, Dr. David Hawkins, MBA, MSW, MA, PhD, renowned clinical psychologist. And my name is Jay. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. How are you doing today, Dr. Hawkins? I couldn't be better, truly. I mean, it's a great day. It's a, you know, it's a lovely day, lovely weather, lovely life. I'm, I'm doing fine, Jay. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate that response. I really like that, that outlook. Um, well, I myself, I usually say any, any day on this side of the dirt is a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. And it is about how you approach things. Gary, how are you doing this morning? Besides being frozen. The frozen man. Yeah, we'll loop back to him. Yeah. So, Dr. Hawkins, I want to thank you first for taking the time to come on the show. Um, you yes. have such a huge background. It's <laughs> so diverse. When I was looking through, I was like, oh, I'm going to read his book. <laughs> now, huh. now uh, there's over 30 of them. So I, I got on a roll. The... I got on a roll. I, you know, I found that it's, it's the way I've approached life, Jay. I, I, I started going to college. I didn't think I could go to college. And I went to college like, I can do this. I can go to college. I can learn something. I started taking piano lessons seven years ago. Like, I can do this. I think I can, I can start to play the piano. Anyway, and I, 15, 20 years ago, I thought I would see if I could write a book. And I could, and it was kind of cool. And I wrote another and another, and uh, yeah. And Once just, you open those floodgates of passion, oh, you, oh, it's, yeah. it's pointless to try to, oh, to stop it going forward. So true, and it's so wonderful. And everybody has got something special inside of them. And like, yeah, come on. It's not, so, I've heard someone say it's not so much about learning new things it's about just kind of unlearning let let it flow dropping and, those self-limiting beliefs yeah, that were ah, given for from such an early age you mentioned write piano the write the book take up spanish uh play the play the guitar come on do it you just absolutely it. should i agree with you 110 percent because go. we don't view ourselves as such amazing beings yeah or as the amazing beings that we are we sit underneath a glass as a flame, and all it needs to be is shattered. Oh, Once I it's shattered, that. you are at your full potential. You can realize anything, absolutely anything. You want to be an astronaut? Go be a fucking astronaut. <laughs> you can do it. You want to play the piano? Play the piano. The only reason why you can't is because you believe you can't. Exactly. Because in every reality, totally. you are able to. Totally. I, I, I am the only person I know that I, I, I happen to, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, Jay, but I, I think the emotion of envy is actually okay. Not that I want to have what you have, but I look at Jay and go like, 
hey, like that's a cool poster. And those are, you know, like maybe I could find a poster like that too. And maybe I could be a podcaster too. And maybe I could, maybe I could, and and I could, I can. So not not that I want to have Potential. what this other person has, but I want it like, hey, that inspires me. Like they took up piano at the age of 60. Well, then maybe I can. You're, you're talking to somebody right. that started working in music production at 42. There you having go. Having never touched it in my life and Come found on. that I had an affinity for it. And it really unlocked a lot of other potentials that I didn't know that I had. Because from an early age, things like that were stifled. Yep. You were told, you know, be quiet, be seen and not heard. Or if you had a bully that was telling yep. you not to be an extrovert in any way, shape, or form because that was, you know, going to offend somebody or it was nerdy or whatever it is. And you start inventing personalities throughout life until <laughs> finally you shatter yep. and you go, oh, wait a minute. This has all been a decision. And I really was amazing to begin with. Right. And and we and it can just keep going. Like I am. Oh, I thought I was a. No, I guess I'm a, oh, and then I'm a, and then I'm a. We're actors. That's why it's limitless. It's limitless because we're actors. So fun. It is absolutely fun. The more professions and the more masks that you collect that you don't identify as, but identify with are two completely different scenarios. Like Gary has such an amazing and eclectic background. And is not here again, as I say his name once more. <laughs> but he works in t- our television production with, you know, The Ultimate Fighter, Street Outlaws, and all these uh-huh. different um, creators. And when you yeah. think about shows like that, you don't realize the number of people behind the scenes that go into creating something like that. Yeah. From graphic design and audio oh, yeah. and camera work and photography. And getting to wear all those hats at various times not to be the best of one, but to enjoy the dynamic of creating from that lens. Absolutely. I think that experience, you know, are lenses and yep. they compound over a lifetime. And that as we walk through, we create our own version and vision of life. And no two people can transfer those glasses to each other, you, just like they can at the dinner word, table. Use the word, Jay, create. I love that word. I, I think everybody just c- grab a hold of that word and just like, come on, create something today. Just just go out there and create something. So yeah, fun, no, fun I, topic. I I am super excited. I've got I've got goosebumps. I'm really happy that you're on here. I can tell that you're just I love good energy. It makes yeah, me yeah. happy. It makes me feel the passion of other people. Yeah. Right. I, I can feel your passion and I really want to see uh where we're gonna go with this. All right. But I All right. did happened to look into your library of books that you did author. <laughs> and instead of picking the most recent, oh, I no. wanted to pick the one that resonated the most with me. Oh, and boy. So okay. what I, so <laughs> can you guess which book you think I picked? No, I don't know. I, um, uh, are you really ready guess? for love? Maybe that one, that was, that was 10 years ago. That's in there, but uh, no. dealing with the crazy makers in your life. No, nine critical <laughs> mistakes most couples make. Uh, nope. when loving him is hurting you, uh, <laughs> how about a power versus force power? Ver- well, <clears throat> 1995. Oh, sir. This is a tiny bit embarrassing. That's that is, not you. That is not me. How does that happen? <laughs> did, well, it's listed well there's author. another man out there who's Dr. David Hawkins 
who wrote a similar I could have written something like that. Right. But- That's why it's so easy to to gravitate to that. It's unfortunate that it was listed in your books as an author. Well, on Amazon. Huh. Well, they huh, okay. That's I'll have another, to double check that. That might be me. Well, it no, it could be right. So and and this is this is a little bit of an awkward moment, but that's okay. I'm okay I, with it because I feel I, like it's a dynamic that you would understand. And it was very like Prometheus rising, Anton, you know, Wilson. I was like, this seems like something that, you know, from your viewpoint, that it would have come from. Yeah, no, I'm a little <clears throat> he is he is no longer with us. He's he's dead. But uh he I mean, he was a giant intellectually, as far as I understand it. I I'm 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 kind of a common Joe, Jay. And I don't that's not a, I'm not putting myself down, but I, you know, I talk in terms of like, yeah, how are you doing some crazy making stuff today? Let's talk about that. And are gotcha. you kind of egotistical and narcissistic? Let's talk about that. And are you do you have some self-defeating behavior? Do you, do you want to be this kind of a person, but you end up being that kind of a person and it hurts everyone that you're around? Let's talk about that. So anyway, that I'm a little more uh kind of common folksy. And that's 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 my claim to there fame. is nothing wrong with that because nope. I, I looked at what your message is and how you approach your life and your mission, like bring healing and restoration to thousands of marriages and individuals, helping couples rediscover deeper connections and intimacy and contributing to national platforms like crosswalk.com, cbn.org and believe.com. I mean, this is all amazing stuff. You're clearly involved with your community but I like the fact that you're mentioning that you are down to earth because when people hear titles like that, they tend to get turned off and they think they're about to be bored by somebody when they, when in all actuality, you're someone that is exploring the human experience and helping translate it for the individual and help them understand that they're really choosing their perspective on life at yeah, the end they, of the day. To that point, Jay, so couples come to me and they've typically, they've typically gone to dozens of other clinicians, therapists, helpers, whatever it might be. And so they're kind of coming to me going like, you know, you, look, and I, I tell you, I hear this phrase all the time, Jay, you're our last hope. Now, I don't know if I want to be anybody's last hope, a last ditch effort, but that's where, that's how they come to me. And I look at their relationship and, you know, there's nothing on the surface that was so like, this should work. And then I delve into it. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. You can probably tell that about me. I'm curious and I want to know, like, wow, tell me some more how you tend to relate. Tell me some more how you talk to each other. Tell me some more how you solve problems. And they say, oh, oh we don't we don't solve problems. We no, we we have. Oh, that's kind of curious. So you face issues. Oh, we got we got a bunch of issues and you haven't been able to work them through. Not at all. None. Zero. Oh, <laughs> That's really curious to me. Let's talk about what is it about each of you? And then we uncover these subtle, often subtle, often they're not like blatant. You, you wouldn't notice them. So I notice, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, I just noticed, sir, that you roll your eyes when she makes a complaint about you. Oh, and then, and then you turn oh, and then you scoff. Do, do you do that a lot, sir? Well, I don't know. I didn't notice I did it. Oh, you oh, you did it. I saw you do it. You rolled your eyes. You you scoffed and you you waved your hand in fact at her. 
And then she goes, he does that all the time. It's extremely dismissive. And, and, and it's then we, not and an then equal we place to work from. And we uncover these traits, and we uncover traits of defensiveness, domination, mm. dismissiveness. And a little bit of those, Jay, a little bit, goes a long, long ways. And then if you're doing that a little bit every day, day in, day out, month in, anyway. So that's what I notice. That's what, I'm, that's what I, I find. That's what I write about. And that's what I think needs to change when we look at relationships and how to make them work. It's got to be, somebody's got to really look, somebody's got to say, let me, let me really, really, really look at what you two are doing. And then what I promise them, and I, I'm good at this, I tell them, look, I can't, I, can't, I can't heal you folks, but I can tell you what you need to do to heal. And the rest is it's up to you. I'll coach you. But anyway, so that's, that's what well, I do. A lot that's of people in your seat. Yeah. A lot of people in your seat will actually try to tell people what to do. Um, after the diagnosis comes a roadmap to recovery or some ridiculousness like that. And just like earlier, when I mentioned lenses and experiences, you can't swap yeah. them. They're two totally different scenarios. I think that educating two people to their cues, what they give off in certain scenarios, yeah. how it creates defensive mechanisms or not level playing fields to communicate from because you scoffed, you rolled your eyes, you've already been dismissed in advance. So yep. therefore, what are you going to do? You're going to double down on your anger or you're going to try to overprove your point or you're going to walk away and just become you shut got down. It. There's you so many it. different, so many different ways that this can be broken down. And someone like yourself, I like the fact that you're saying that you're giving him those, you know, those keys to be able to unlock their own potential in their relationship and see that this door here is locked. This one here is always open. You know, this is a window over here of opportunity. You know, you guys, the way that you approach yeah. this is positive, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't hear any hopeful. criticism. Well, there will be some criticism. No, there will be no, some no, criticism. criticism of, uh, you know, the human experience or what yeah. they're going through. I, I tell them, look, I'm human. Everything that I see you doing, I've do, I'm doing or I've done. So I'm not, you know, <laughs> I, look, I've, I've, yep. I've been there. I know, I know what makes a relationship not work, and I know what makes it work. And you're going to leave my office. You're going to leave your experience with me knowing exactly, okay, if I keep doing the, the, the man who, or the woman who scoffs and rolls her eyes and is dismissive, by the way, Jay, that, that has been shown to be probably the number one detrimental trait in an abusive relationship, someone mm. invalidating the other, invalidating, just like no, 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 no. Mm. When this other person is saying, yes, 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 yes. It's no, almost no, like no. convincing okay. somebody they're insane. Exactly. So, so this person who invalidates, and I will just say to them, look, folks, <laughs> look, if, if you're invalidating. All right. Can you see that? Uh, maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Okay. If you keep doing that, I guarantee you, I guaranteed, I don't know whether you will divorce, but your relationship will deteriorate and in all likelihood you'll divorce, but maybe you won't divorce. Maybe you'll just move to separate bedrooms. Maybe you'll move to different parts of the house. Maybe, I don't know what you'll do, but you won't you'll stay divorce connected. in place. You, you will not stay connected. You will Correct. not have an intimate, loving, healthy, vibrant relationship. It will not happen. 
So, you folks decide, you or sir, you whoever I'm talking to, you decide whether you want to maintain that trait. And by the way, Jay, here's another topic, and that is the person who invalidates or who is defensive will take that trait. They're protecting something. We don't just mm. defend ourselves out of, out of thin air. So if you, if you poke at me a little bit and I go, well, I don't think so, Jay. I don't know so, Jay. I'm not sure, Jay. It would be good for Dr. Hawkins to look at himself, David Hawkins, and think, wow, why did, mm. I, why did I bristle at that? And so anyway, if someone is not self-reflective and willing mm. to take ownership of these destructive traits, then the relationship for sure is heading down. It's going to disintegrate. And so ownership is a big, big part of what I do. Completely agree with you. Um, I love the fact that you're highlighting mindfulness. Yes, um, The yes, ability yes. to introspect, the ability totally. to see that you're looking into mirrors. Um, anything that you find that you have a, you know, some kind of fault with or upsetness at or upsetness generally means that you've got some kind of wound inside that you're trying to protect. That's why we have those stripes on our ego mask. That one's the one that I'm going to say things back to you yeah. whenever you poke this bullet hole from when I was five. You poke it, this is my response. This is my protection response every single time. It's not going to change until I'm aware of it and what yep. caused it. Now, yep. we're and talking you grew about it back at age five and it was effective. When you hid under the stairs at age five, when you ran off and, mm -hmm. and uh, sulked in the backyard at age seven, at age nine, it worked for you. It was effective. Someone has said, someone smarter than me has said, you know, those destructive traits that we have now were effective at one time in our lives, mm. and they're just no longer effective. They, they worked for us, but now, now, now walking out of the room and not talking to your mate for two days. You, you can't do that, folks. You can't, I, mean, I get it. I get it that it helped you. It helped you at age eight, but it's not helping you now. So now I love the way you're talking, Jay. You know, you get, you tune in and you come to understand what is your wound. And then you do some healing work around that wound. And then you're able to show up with other people much more effectively, not, not being so thin skin. It's, it's a root cause analysis of self, you know, who yeah. am I actually in this reality? What creates me? What are my layers? Where are my knots? If I was, you know, a rope, how big is yeah. this knot? What do I need to do to sit down and be able to untangle it? Where are these effective pieces? The more that you pull away at a knot, what does it do? It naturally starts falling apart even faster the deeper you get into it. Mm. It's getting those first few layers loosened up and that's a personal mindfulness that you're owing to that relationship that you're in. You know, if you're going yep. to commit to somebody, I don't care who you are, then you should have the respect to at least have, you know, some kind of onus on what you bring to the table. And that honestly, admit that we're different, yep. right? And that we don't have those lenses, even in your relationship, no matter how much you think you're compatible you're still raised in different environments. You have different rewards and pains and things that give you gratification 
or things that give you protection. They're not going to be the same. It's about understanding what is a response and what is actual reality, right? And a lot of people haven't given themselves that time to sit down and reflect on how they've become who they are. But it's not their fault in a lot of ways because we're not designed as a society to look into ourselves. We've been designed to look at everything going on around us. Blame, 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 blame. Right? And I saw a very compelling meme the other day, and it was very simple. It was a man with his hands in front of him looking down as if he were looking at a book. The rub. The book was his face looking back at the book (laughs) and it was oh it was saying read yourself yeah 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 right don't read other people or other things read yourself well we have an opportunity don't we every time what i teach what i teach all the folks that i'm working with is every time you are triggered instead instead of like oh that person blanked whatever they did they insulted me okay so what Um, and i don't mean so what in an insulting way i mean okay right i get it yes yep they were critical of you yep they they called you a name they called you a narcissist they called you uh they called you stupid they were they were very upset and they did i gotcha i gotcha so what 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 does it mean for you? What what did it trigger inside of you? Can we go on that inner journey? Well, they they called me a name. I, I know that. I I know. I got that. I got that. Not nobody would want to be called a name. No one would want. Well, they and they walked out of the room. I understand completely. That had to have hurt. Can we talk about now what that awakens inside of you? Okay. So Jay and Gary, everybody, if they're going to grow, they have to go on that journey. They have to mm. shift the focus from, yeah, but you, they got to they gotta take away that finger and say, okay, I want to learn about myself. And once we do that, if we can cultivate that inner curiosity, yeah, they did that to me, but now how I respond and what I do with it is up to, anyway, it's, it's such a powerful shift. That, that anyone who wants to grow, anyone who wants to have a healthy relationship has to make. And it's self-care. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not practicing self-care or showing yourself self-love, yes. then how do you expect somebody else to show you love? Yeah. If you're not worth loving, even in your own eyes, then the expectation that somebody else is going to dedicate themselves to you at such a high level is absurd. Yeah. It's an absurd request. And the fact of the matter is you are in a position where you need to respect the other person. Mm -hmm. And there's probably almost always there's some validity in what this other person is saying. Always. So, so come on, get off your high horse, everybody, myself included. Come on, Present. come on, chill well, out here a little bit. So, no, so they called you, back. they called you a bunch of names. What was going on in them, do you think, for them to do that? Why? Well, they were just, no, I don't know if they were just. I wonder if, 
I wonder if there's something going on here that you need to pay attention to. And it's called empathy, by the way. Understanding, 100%. understanding another person and then understanding, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Now I, oh, right. When I think about it, they were thising and they were thatting and, and I had contributed to their thising and thatting by doing that anyway. And, and we learn, we learn, we learn, we grow. And now all of a sudden, it's not so simple as just they did something to me and I have a right to be mad. And that's the end of mm. the story. Retaliation. Oh, that's a beautiful one, right? Retaliation solves nothing because it was already imbalanced to begin with. You're just throwing more dirt into the other side of the scales. And it's just going to continually be unbalanced because you're measuring it to begin with. Don't measure it. Look at it as a whole. Be respectful of the situation. Understand that both people bring valid feelings to the table at yes. any given moment. You have to understand what it is that you're bringing to that person at any given time and why. And also have empathy for those fear responses, which look like anger. Fear responses look like anger. Yep, yep. People totally. do not realize that. A lot of the times, if I'm screaming at you and telling you all these things that are horrible about you, I'm posturing. Totally. I'm trying to protect that little child behind me. Totally. That's it. Some wound again. And you make a great point. And the point, one of the points you're making is, come on, let's all be careful about not making matters worse. We've heard that phrase since we were two years old. Stop making matters worse. But it's an important truth. Don't make matters worse. Okay, they may not be coming to you in the best way possible. True enough. They may be hurting your feet. True enough. True, true, true. How do you want to respond? You know that phrase, respond rather than react. If you react, then you're adding to, anyway. And, and we've just got this horrible situation. Yeah, it's, I use analogies a lot. Gary will tell you that. He laughs after a while. He, um, he just rolls his eyes at him. But Which one are we using Tim, this time? We're using soup. <laughs> we're using soup. <laughs> Soup to me is a great analogy because it's unremovable ingredients, right? So I believe that when you have a relationship, um, much like this analogy, it can be a pot of soup. And anytime, like you said, you're contributing negative pieces to it, yeah. that you are grabbing seasonings that don't go with your soup mm -hmm. and you're dumping That's them in there. Point. But the, in all actuality, you have no ability to ever remove them. Hmm. You have no ability to take it back. Your soup now has that in it, and uh, you have to work from that point forward. That's the other thing. You have to realize where day one starts. Because it's always now, holding people accountable for the past when you're trying to move forward is putting a trailer on a relationship that's trying, it. yeah, that's trying to heal itself. How do you get up to speed if you've got a trailer of shit attached to it? You got to let it go. Got to let it go because nobody wants to be in debt to you in a conversation. Don't try to remember where it left off. Fuck where it left off. Start from a positive state every time you see each other. Yep. What yep. the hell's the purpose of yesterday? Yep. Only a lesson. Everything else after that is an insanity or a mental illness and you're taking it on as your characteristic or how you're living your life in the now. 
literally starting yourself out at a fucking deficit. Those Who lessons, wants to do like, that? The lessons teach you how to like preemptively prepare for things. So it's also like you're not getting rid of the past if, you know, if a hurricane comes and you don't shutter your, you know, your windows. The next time you're going to shutter them. So it's like that with relationships too. If you get shit on or like really badly in one, you're going to have those shutters up the next time to defend mm. yourself from them. Mm. But how do you not do that? You know, if, especially if you're in a relationship and they did something wrong, you still love them and you want to stay with them, but you have to forget about something awful or something pretty bad that they, it's hard to just like, let that go. It should be in the way it is, but sometimes it's tough Uh-oh. to let that stuff go. Start <laughs> well, you from do have one, to forget you know, something you know, pretty awful that thing, they did. Okay. He just came you know, back. You said pretty awful that something somebody did. Can you pick up from there, Gary? You kind of broke out. Oh, sorry. You know, if, somebody does something off to you in a relationship it's hard to just you know at some point be like all right we're gonna cut that we're gonna start from one you know it's like the lessons you learned were like you know fool me once shame on me fool me twice you know so i've had it before where you know i did something bad they did something bad and then it's it's over you're always gonna be thinking they're gonna do it they're always gonna think you're gonna do it and it's really hard to like recover from that so how do you you know do you have any techniques or any way that people could maybe you know, employ something that will do that because forgetting about the past is not really possible, but how do you move forward, you know, in those relationships? Well, that re- makes any sense. yeah. Remember, I mean, to, to Jay's point about now, I think the way we show up, let's say that you're really angry with me. Maybe you're angry with me over a number of things. I can still, this is going to be a tiny bit manipulative, but Manipulative in the sense that I, I I want to bring goodness to right now. That's my so that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so Jay's upset at me, and he has a right to be upset at me, and I've been upset at him. But I want to bring healthiness to now, to right now. So I'm going to be fully present to Jay. I'm going to listen to Jay. I'm going to validate his. I'm going to empathize with his emotion. So I'm going to tune in. It's called attunement, by the way, a big psychological Mm. word here. It's called attunement. I'm going to attune to him. I'm going to listen to him actively. I'm going to try to gain and be curious what what is brewing inside of him. I'm going to own what I need to own. And boy, all of those ingredients will bring healthiness to this interact. Does it change everything? No, it does not change everything. But it, but I didn't add what Jay just called. I didn't add negativity into the soup. I added positivity into the soup. I call it corrective emotional experiences. So if you think about that, so every time now, so Jay and I have a slightly positive encounter. And then three days later, we talk again and I check in with him. Jay, how you doing about what happened? You know, I know I hurt your feelings and I know I stepped on your toe and I, I'm fully present again. I empathize with him again. I validate again. Oh, yeah, truly, you have the right to be really upset with me, Jay. I take ownership again, and I do that again and again. And and you can see what's going to happen in most relationships, not all, most. It's going to turn that relationship as opposed to I'm going to act immature and I'm going to grouse at Jay and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just 
wrinkle my nose at him and I'm yeah, you're a jerk water too. And I'm you know, I'm not gonna uh, do I'm gonna it. I'm gonna bring back jerk water. When is that from? I love that one. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I want to call somebody a jerk water now. I, I like dating, this. I'm dating myself for sure. No, but I like the old school saying. So corrective. That's what I love them. <laughs> corrective emotional experiences. Write it down. Remember it. We all have the power to be able to influence a relationship right now. We can make it worse, make it better, and then we can turn things around. Our reality and our character is very fragile mm. in that repetitive actions create stable future capabilities listen and to relationships you. listen right? to you. what what do you do you you're a psychologist aren't you behind you no no it's good no. stuff cartoon philosopher good right you cartoon got that's maybe that's i need to learn from you man Good job. No, likewise, um, I love hearing what you have to say. And I like that you pointing out that these interactions of positivity, they reverberate. I explain on the show a lot that, that if you yep. approach people with a smile, every Absolutely. time you see them, Absolutely. they're going to associate you with effing happiness. They're not going to be waiting to see you in a way where they're you know, anticipating some kind of issue or some kind of energy that they don't want to be around. They're going, I'm getting ready for my fucking high five because I get to see Gary. Right. You yeah. don't get upset at the guy that greets you with a fucking high five and right. listens. That's the other part that you were bringing up. Yeah. And that mindfulness doesn't just apply to self-introspection. It also applies to listening and being present for someone else to speak to you, yeah. right? Because if you're the person that is sitting there formulating your response during their dissertation of what you have done that has offended them, yep. you're not respecting their point. You're yep. listening to nothing. You are weaving your response is all you're doing. And you're just waiting for them to take a breath, right? And that's not called a relationship. No. That, that, that is not a relationship. So a relationship is I am I am actively listening to you. I'm 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 just so curious. Like, wow, what's alive in Gary today? What's alive in, in Jay today? What and I want to listen for that and I want to call it forward. I want to call it out. My goodness, I hear that you're having a tough time with blank, or you're you sound excited about blank, or and I listen for that. And you know that I'm listening and you know that I care and that, holy cow, let's dance. Let's dance. <laughs> so, Dude, people crave that connection. Crave. We're, we're so surface level at this point that we have no idea that we all want to have those deep conversations because the ones on the surface aren't real. Crave they it. have nothing in reality, nothing tangible. You brought up earlier, somebody called me names and I feel this way. If you love yourself unconditionally, then those words have no target. Right. They go right by you or your Teflon it has no point. It'll just roll right off you and you'll begin to identify exactly what you're saying. That person is the one with the issue. That person is the one that is hurting. Remember, anger is pain. Pain is anger. Yep. 
no matter who you're looking at. And if you don't take it personally, Jay, then you're in a place that you can, <laughs> wow, I can, that's really interesting, Jay. You sound furious. You sound, Gary, you sound really upset. Tell me about, well, you bet I'm up. I'm upset with you. Okay. Well, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've tell been me. on the receiver that what, 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 What's going on here? And you're right. I'm not, I'm not reacting because I, because I'm, I've got emotional, here's another topic for Jay and Gary, and it's, it's emotional sobriety. Having, there, there's a phrase like this, and it goes like this, mm. uh, Jay and Gary, what we don't work out in ourselves, we act out in others. What mm. we don't work out, we act out. All right. So in other words, we all need to be doing our own inner work so that I can show up and I can be, I can not take anything personally. But if I haven't done my inner work, man, if I'm sloshing around, imagine carrying these buckets inside of me of resentment and fear, <laughs> and I'm just sloshing, you know, like, glug, 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 hi, Gary, glug, glug, hi, Jay, glug, glug. And, and then, and you poke me in the tiniest way, right? Yep. And, and so we bump into people all the time and we like going like, Oh, you're a slosher. You can, you can, you can take that. You <laughs> I can love take, that. That's a sound you, bite. You, you, you can take that one too, Jay. <laughs> you're a, a slosher. That, I've it. met people like you. You're a doggone slosher. <laughs> yeah, but they're, anyway, they're carrying around excess potential energy that they haven't reconciled. Ooh. They're bumping into others with it. And it's like having, you know, those uh, back in the day, the pinball machine had those little pillars in it. That anytime a ball hit it, no, 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 the, the oh, actual the pillars. Bumpers. Oh, yeah, yeah, the round, the bumpers. Yeah, yeah. The bumpers, right? yeah. If you have excess energy, no matter who comes to you, you're going to whack them and send them right across the room every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. You're a pinball machine. Yep, absolutely. So you're re you're a reactive. You've got all this sloshing. You've got this reactivity. And so, and then, and, and so, listeners, <laughs> if you're wondering why, why, you know, I have, I have couples come in and they say, all we do is fight. That's all we do is fight. Well, you're looking for a fight. You're looking for a fight. You're ready, <laughs> you're ready for a fight. You're a fighter. Oh, and no, I'm not a fighter. They're the fight. No, 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 no. Someone smarter than me said it takes two to tango. And if, if one says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I love this phrase. I'm full of these, these I old love phrases, but uh, you don't have to attend every fight you're invited to. Yeah, no, I'm not. Sorry, I'm I'm out on this one. Yeah, well, I want to. I want. I got a bone to pick with you. Yeah, I'm mm. not. Not today. Not today. Not not so much. Can we pause there for a moment? Because sure. I think there's something that Gary can bring to the table here. Having such a long history with fighters, literally oh. people that are created or are living mm. to fight, they will pass over fights despite being called names, called out, poked at, all these things. In those people, what kind of characteristics do you see? Because there are people that can navigate that line, like a GSP. You can yell at him all day long and he just looks back at you with the same non-plus whatever look. You're like, come on, man. Get angry for a minute. <laughs> Everyone's got their breaking point, you know? Someone's mom True. or their kids or... You know, they're even the, you know, the strongest willed person, there's something you could say to get him to crack you, I'm sure. But 
I think the guys that are really tough, they know they're tough. They're trained to be tough. They don't need to know they're tough. tough, you know, and a guy like me, you know, especially in my younger days was always the one barking and getting my ass kicked because I wanted to prove <laughs> to everybody else I was tough because I knew I wasn't really that tough, you know, and my old man was tough. The guys in the neighborhood were tough. I hung out with bigger, tougher guys. And, you know, so what's what's the quality to be developed, Gary, that would help someone be resilient to be able to say inwardly, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking this guy on or this woman. I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've got inner, I've got inner sobriety, inner calm. What, how, yeah, how does one, I think it's just, well, it's different these days too, you know, with the internet and everything being public, you know, mm. growing up, you know, I knew my family guys in the neighborhood, a couple other people. That was about it. If I had beef with my mom or my girlfriend or my brother, it wasn't on social media and Instagram and somebody talking about it or, you know, so now it's kind of, there's so many extraneous factors now that I think it's dealing with this shit is so much different, you know, and, you know, especially like in school, you got, you got picked on, you got picked on until two o'clock and you're home and it was fine. And maybe, you know, started again the next day, but now they're bullying social media, text, all this stuff. So I think, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher on relationships mm. for one. I mean, you know, every girl I know has got a million guys in their DMs telling them they're better than their boyfriend. And, you know, every guy's looking at a hundred hot girls a day on Instagram that are all filtered and fake and not really real. And, you know, and there's all the grass is always greener. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I grew up in a very working class part of Cleveland and we knew we didn't have tons of money or anything, but like, we, well, everyone around us was kind of the same. Now it's like, all you see is people flexing with shit they don't even really own or they don't have, or, you know, everybody's picks their best picture out of a hundred or 300 <laughs> to put up there when they look perfect. And then, guilty. Yeah. I do the same thing, you know, and people, I, I have friends that get divorced and I'm like, fuck, they look like they're the happiest people on the damn planet on Facebook. And then you're like shocked. So I think, uh, man, I don't know what it's, it's harder now to have that inner strength because everyone's going to know what happens. You know, if your girl cheats I, on you, like, how are you going to take her back? And all your boys know she cheated on you. Your mom knows she cheated on you. Like, it's mm. spread out everywhere. It's like, that's worse where do you than back derive in the day. Your, you know, where do you derive your self-worth from? That's the, that's the question in that scenario. If your self-worth comes from your boys looking at you taking someone back, then you're going to be in debt. <laughs> you're screwed. I think it's, I want to go back to doing the work. I, I So... I think if we all have the responsibility to do the inner work, to be mindful, to be aware, to just take care of that sloshing that's going on inside, whatever it is that would cause me to want to post this or post that, or, you know, look, you know, life is great when it, it ain't great. It ain't whatever it is. So behind the scenes, come on, let's all take care of business. Let's do the work. By the way, it's work. You know, people, couples who come to me for counseling, man, they are, they're rolling up their, again, back to what I said at the very start, I say to them, look, we, man, we can make a ton of progress here, but you have to do the work. You have to do the reading that I'm going to recommend. You have to follow some principles. You have to, you have to show up. So, and if you show up, you do the work, you get some things healed inside of you so that when, when you're, uh, when this other person, your mate, Tor, there's a, there's a phrase from a, an author called a Tor mentor. 
They're mm. tormenting me. Well, they're actually a tormentor, Dr. Schwartz. Tormentor. They're 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 teaching me something about myself. Oh, you're awakening in me mm. some woundedness that I need to attend to. And I'm going to attend to it. And it's exciting. This journey of doing the work can be just a wonderful, wonderful journey. There's, in my opinion, not nothing much better than doing the inner work journey and getting healed and then being able to show up in a healthier way. So those are two different scenarios yet are intertwined. The self-exploration and self-awareness has to be gained in order to bring yourself presently to the relationship discussion. In your opinion, where should someone start for that self-introspection or to begin to gain mindfulness into their own, you know, scenario versus the relationship so that they can be present in those, you know, sessions with you? Yeah, it's, it's, as you might expect, I'm going to say it begins with getting into good counseling. It means sitting with someone and telling your story and, and letting someone hear what you think. So, because we know we can't hear what we, it, it, it amazes me, Jay and Gary, and I'm, I'm a bit critical at this. You know, when I talk to guys and go like, okay, so who are you talking to about what all this stuff is going? Oh, nobody. Well, but I mean, no, when you're upset, when you're, when your wife triggered, who are you, who, who are you calling? What? No, I don't call anybody. I mean, you got all that going on in your head. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I mean, no, I, no, I tell my friend, I, no, I joke with my friends. I have fun with them. But who are you talking to when you're in emotional pain? What are you talking about, Dr. Hawkins? I'm talking about reaching out for help. <laughs> I'm talking like I've got I've got six different people. True story for me. I got five or six different folks that I can call, and I do call when I'm mm -hmm. when I'm on the rails. When I'm like like a tilt, tilt, tilt. I'm like I don't know what I'm. Okay, so it begins with counseling. It begins with telling somebody your story again and again and again, and letting them go like okay. And then what's amazing? It's not really amazing, but it's it's exciting for me. I listen to someone and then fairly soon I can hear, oh yeah, I can hear your, they're called thinking errors. Oh yeah. You tend to personalize things, don't you? Yeah. You tend to catastrophize. Yeah. You tend to blame shift. Yeah. You tend to minimize. Yeah. You tend to <laughs> yep. play the victim. Yeah. And all mm. of these thinking errors, what does a thinking error do? It's like having a broken compass. It really is like you're, you, you, you're heading down the highway, but you think you're going to L.A.? You ain't. You're heading towards Boston. So you, you. think you're, you think. No. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas. You think. You're, there we go. Okay. Anyway, you think you're going one way. You're not. And so I will help you. And then you start to understand some of your thinking errors and why you're using them. All right. It begins with counseling. It begins with self-awareness. Learning to think about your thinking. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a mind trip, right? Think about your thinking. You're, How do I think view about the world? your stinking thinking? Yeah. So you got to look at all that stuff and understand. There's another phrase in the uh, 12 step program. It goes like, there's a little, this is a little sobering, guys. First thought wrong. Yep. First thought wrong. <laughs> like, well, I think she, first thought wrong. Probably second thought wrong. 
Probably like, minute, like 37 is where I start getting mildly <laughs> rational. Like, right, so it's not like right. Jeopardy. You can't go with the first no. answer like Jeopardy. Yeah. No, so, no. so if we grab a hold of that notion, okay, okay. So the world says, don't doubt yourself at all. You got this. You got this. You got it all figured out. And I'm telling, I'm telling folks, you don't have this. <laughs> you ain't got it. I mean, I, I care about you. I'll help you. I like you. You don't have this. You, you, you got a lot of stinking thinking. So I want mm -hmm. you to lovingly doubt yourself. All right. You guys buying this? Because it's okay if no. you don't. But No, no. Because no. okay. I, I, I want to I bring something to the table here. All right. Your mind is designed to protect you. Yeah. Therefore, right on. it's right a on. fucking liar. That's right. It is lying to you 24-7, right. catastrophizing, That's blocking. Right. It is drawing your offensive line larger and larger and larger with more characteristics to fucking yep. protect you. Yep. You need a third party to tell you what's a lie from your own mind that's trying to protect you. That's right. Everybody should have a therapist. That's like, right. I don't understand why I ever did not in my life because, again, who can rationalize with something that always lies? That's, that is so true. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> listen to that voice right there. You've got a part of you. And by the way, I, when I talk to folks, they've got certain, and you two may have, we, we all have different these different parts. So I talk to a lot of guys that have this. When they're triggered, they have this attorney that comes out. Oh, yeah, you think I got, you know, it wasn't a Tuesday. It was a Wednesday. And I didn't spend $49. I spent $29. And I can't believe that you're telling me I went to Safeway. I went to Target Foods. Like, you're so you right. You are a scary human being, sir, when you get triggered. So we have, so we have these parts. We have a, we have a part that gets attorney-like we have a part that can become ostrich-like we have a part that maybe plays dumb like oh i didn't know i didn't think gosh i i mean i guess yeah you've been angry <laughs> with me 700 times for that but i didn't think today would be one of those times gosh are you really <laughs> sorry i'm getting a little <laughs> no no you're you are spot on i love how passionate you are about all of this because people are going to listen to you because you're being authentic i think that it's a good place to actually wrap up a bit all right and the reason yeah. why i say this is because authenticity really will i'm not done you, jay i'm not you done you are you are coming back <laughs> sir <laughs> how about that um no, I just want to, I want to pinpoint the, you know, the authenticity piece in that we're created to be one way and to be anything but that is a slap in the face of whomever or whatever made you, right? Yep. Any kind of action that is against your human nature, the personality that is you is going to create some kind of alternate you every single totally. time. Totally. And it's infinite. The more times you create another you, the more that you have to carry. If you have a sack of masks for those people, then yep. it's going to get heavier and heavier 
and heavier. And guess what? You got to totally. remember them all. Every single one of them. What mask did I wear during this interaction <laughs> yeah. in 19 fucking 82? I'm going to see this guy again. <laughs> I better remember where we left off. Same thing we do in a relationship. Right. Where did we leave off? Where did we leave off? Fuck that, man. Just be yourself and let everything fall where it falls. Love it. I yeah. appreciate you, Dr. Hawkins. All right, I want to give you a moment to tell everybody where they can find you, yeah. what they can expect to receive, and um, anything else you want to share. Yeah, marriage. Uh, my my website is www.marriagerecoverycenter.com, and you know I'm on the I'm on I'm at Amazon. I'm not that other Doctor David God Hawkins. Damn it, it's man. okay. You missed that, Gary. It's, it's okay. I, uh, he's I managed helped. to get a book that wasn't his and then compliment it because it was by fucking Doctor Hawkins. Oh, I ate a fat one. You weren't there, man. Oh man, see, see right. So Jay is very good at doing um, research and reading every book of every. Oh, so did you did you all, did you read the wrong book? Good. He we're all 30. good. We're all good. Here's the thing. I I plead. A little bit of all of my books, and he had yeah. to quote the one that's not mine. That's not cool. Like that's like being on double dare and finding the flag right away. Hey, I, I don't, I'm not. I I'm don't not. Like I'm not sloshing around on this one, Jay. So we're good. No, so marriagerecoverycenter.com, and this is what I bring to the table. This kind of energy, and uh, this if is you what need people some help, need in their life. I'm. I'm here. I'm here for you. So they, thank they you, Gary and and Jay. It's been a delight. Thank you for for letting me yammer here with you. The yammer is another thing I do, but whatever that means, but <laughs> all right. That's, that's you being you, Gary, that's you got anything you want to wrap up with? I don't want to get into a, a huge conversation about this, but this kind of brought up something. Um, everybody's a coach, a doctor and a therapist now. Right. And you know, guys like you that have done this forever and, and take it seriously and have the passion, you know, how do you feel about, you know, just a quick thought, I guess, about everybody who's just making it a profession to make a quick buck. Now, everyone's a coach. Everyone's, you know, trying to cash in on this mental health, this self-help thing. And, you know, we have to weed through so many of these guys uh, to get to the good guys, you know, and I could tell that you would do this for nothing, you know, that. Oh, get, I've been you, doing it forever and, and I love it. And I, w I would just say, you know, when you're looking for a coach or looking for a therapist, experience just you don't i i'm not i'm not going to fault anybody if they decided at at age 50 to become a coach if they want to okay that that's cool but it, it won't give you the experience so i would say you look for someone with some credentials and you look for someone who's done this for a long they've seen it they've been there they've done that and they know what the patterns are I mean, we're all kind of alike. If you didn't kind of notice that as you're walking through the world, we're, we're the all got... cereal aisle that you walked down as a kid. We're you all kind of similar. There's, Brian, there's Captain Crunch. There's whatever. So, but you, but you got to have some experience to notice all of those patterns, and then, mm. and then you got to have to be, you have to be read up, and you've got to have some tools that you're that you have to give to people that there's a way out of this tunnel. It's not like you know, no, we're in the tunnel together and. You know, our eyes. No, no, no. There's a path forward. That's a great analogy. Oh, like, why do we both need a flashlight? You should have already been at the other end once. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good call. Uh, yeah. You know, just I don't like that. Yeah. Just because some shit happened to you and you managed to get through it does not mean that you are qualified to teach 
everybody else how to do things. If you haven't had years yeah. of experience with the tools is the big yeah. part, you know, that people don't have all these tools because they haven't learned and studied and been through it. Yep. And if you are that person, just keep trying to help yourself understand the human experience. There's nothing wrong with making the attempt to be a coach or to give back. It's just recognize your capabilities. Don't be overselling yourself. And if you're trying to snake oil some shit or manifest your life, then screw you. Get out of here. I don't care because nobody's looking for a buck. They're looking for authenticity, love, and happiness. Right. I genuinely appreciate you, Dr. Hawkins. All right. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning.